At the blink of an eye, I had come up on my one-year anniversary of doormanning. Now, with all the foreigners that stay in my establishment, treating me like a fucking servant without tipping, I looked forward to December all year. Why? Because Christmas in New York City brings one blessed thing. Americans. With money. I couldn't wait for the higher rates, to be showered with tips, to recommend great restaurants and shows to people who will appreciate me. I couldn't wait to have common ground conversations again like football and American television and Oscar contenders. Yeah. Two weeks into the holiday season, I can see and justify why whenever you ask a foreigner who the worst tourists on earth are, it's not the Brazilians or the French or the Italians or the Irish or the British. It's the grand old U.S. of A. Like every other group, there's a portion who fly under the radar, a few genuinely nice people that go out of their way to talk to you, and a whole lot of fucking assholes. The American assholes are special breed. Chris Russell Films presents The Doorman. My five years as the anonymous hero and villain of the New York City hotel industry. Written and performed by me, the guy formerly known as the doorman. Guys, seriously, when the world comes back, get your fucking shit together. Those first couple of weeks have been a humbling experience. I used to think that I could get away with whatever kind of drunken behavior I wanted to in a hotel because I was generous with my money and just hushed people with fives and tens. Holy shit, will I ever change my philosophy. I once asked a German guest why the rest of the world hates American tourists. She put it simply, because they drink too much, they are loud, and they are always flashing their money. Alright, thanks, noted. I try my best to break that mold. And as much as I'd love to say that that isn't me, I look back on a road trip I took to Chicago with my two best friends in the summer of 2010. We went to a Cubs game, walked around the city a little bit, saw some sights, and were disgustingly ossified the entire time. We yelled at people we knew we were never going to see again and acted like boorish savages. The vacation philosophy with an alarming amount of Americans, myself included, is I'm going to go to this city and get as fucked up as I can and maybe see a few things. I was in Chicago for three days, and all I could remember was Wrigley Field and the nine beers I drank in the stands before the seventh inning, and the two that I got during the seventh inning to get me through to the ninth inning. I also remember being thrown out of a club by the collar of my shirt because I thought it'd be funny to spike a beer on the dance floor while dancing to That Girl Is Poison. not proud of that. While I was embarrassed the next morning, all I can think of was, man, I can't wait to tell my friends that story when I get home. Yeah, my 20s. Anyway, when I worked as a concierge, I didn't really see much of this because I was usually out the door by 7pm, well before where the shit hits the fan. The only thing that stands out is a man with a large family of teenage boys from Missouri. I was giving him directions on the subway while his family was sitting on the other side of the lobby. He was in his mid-40s, but still wore a backwards baseball cap and a St. Louis Rams jersey. Out of nowhere, while I was mid-sentence, he screams, HOLY SHIT! 
pulls his phone out of his pocket and sprints out the door, screaming, Boys! Boys! Come on out here now! You gotta fucking see this! I'm thinking that there has to be a centaur taking a dump in the middle of the street or something. So I run out the door too. What I saw was a little person walking along, trying not to get angry, with this guy in his face, filming him with his phone and screaming, Oh my god damn, it's a fucking midget! His son had to come out and say, Alright dad, that's enough. That's bad. But the worst thing I've ever seen was enough to change my behavior for good. And I have to give a warning. This story is grotesque. If you have a weak stomach, I suggest you stop listening now. You've been warned. One Sunday, my beloved New York football giants hosted the New Orleans Saints, which brought in hordes of shitty, aggressive Southerners. I guess it's their payback for all the Yankees who ruined Mardi Gras for them. Whatever. Eli and the G-Men knocked the Saints' collective blocks off, which, in return, regurgitated a group of drunk, bitter Louisiana folk from MetLife Stadium. A limo drops them off, and they immediately go for the first bar they see, which happens to be the restaurant attached to the hotel. The joint is high-end, and we generally have no affiliation with them because our guests pretty much can't afford to eat there. It's peak dinner time, and Gotham's elite were about to get a rude visit from a gaggle of pissed-off, Drew Brees jersey-wearing animals. They continue drinking. A lot. After about an hour of carnage, one of the women, in her late 30s, approaches one of the bellmen, Marty. Your restaurant has no toilet paper. Okay, Marty replies. There's a long pause. She's swaying back and forth, her eyes in all sorts of bloodshot contortions. Well, are you gonna do something about it? Marty replies, Well, no ma'am, we're separate entities. Just tell the bartender or the manager in there. So you're not gonna help me? Marty says, Lady, I don't know what you want me to do. You want to use the restroom in the lobby? Use the restroom in the lobby. Ugh. Your bathroom sucks. Well, that seems to be your only option, ma'am. She just stares and sways. Cheap beer stink lines out of her pores. Ugh. Fine. Fucking dick. She zombie walks into the bathroom, and we all go about our evenings. About ten minutes later, a different woman goes to use the women's facilities. She opens the door and screams. It echoes through the lobby, loud enough for me to hear it through the doors out on the sidewalk. I run up there, and the woman, paled face, covering her mouth, can barely get any words out. What happened? Are you okay? I ask. I go to open the door, and she grabs my arm. Don't go in there! What? What is it? There's blood. Blood everywhere. I run to the phone and call security. One of the girls from the front desk walks by, and I stop her and have her open the door. She does. <coughs> Will somebody tell me what's in there? The front desk girl looks like she has just witnessed the beheading. I open the door, and sure enough, there's a shitty chainsaw massacre in the bathroom. At first glance, it looks like someone splashed a pot of meat sauce against the wall. Now I have an extremely weak stomach, so I immediately dry heave and slam the door. Like any disgusting train wreck incident, Everyone begins to convene in front of the door to see the wreckage. 
After a few minutes, the doorway to the bathroom is surrounded by bellmen and guests, like paparazzi waiting to snap a shot of Lindsay Lohan outside a nightclub. Here's a 2012 time capsule for you. Then, the last guy to show up to the party. Aju, the five foot three, gentle houseman from Bangladesh, comes into the lobby with his vacuum, ready to start his shift. We all see him and go quiet. Hi guys. The Red Sea parts, which leads to the ladies room door. What's going on? No one answers. Aju realizes his fate. He slowly walks towards the door, as if he's about to get the lethal injection. He slides his keycard in, opens the door a pinch, and peeks inside. Without saying a word, he turns and makes his way back down the stairs, with his head down, to retrieve his heavy-duty cleaning supplies. This woman, to get back at the man who didn't help her find toilet paper, wiped her bloody tampon and feces all over the bathroom. You know when you do something to piss off your dog so it spitefully shits on the carpet? That's what she did, with some menstrual blood. Security dashes into the restaurant to find her, but the group is already gone from the bar. They try to find out what room she was in with no success. Alas, she was staying somewhere else. About a half hour goes by, and Aju emerges from the bathroom with a full hazmat bag, wearing yellow rubber gloves and a surgeon mask. He yanks off the gloves throws them in the bag, then carefully and meticulously removes the mask, as if he were a doctor about to break horrible news to a patient's family. His eyes are completely red, with dried-up tear streaks running down the side of his face. He looks like a Vietnam veteran, about to share a story about how he witnessed an entire village of women and children get wiped out by napalm. Then, all he can muster was... All over the walls, all over the sink, all over the toilet, all over the floor, all over the partition. He disappears into the basement, just saying objects around the bathroom that were covered in blood and shit to himself. Not only did this woman do the most repugnant thing I've ever heard, but she did it to spite the wrong guy. In our hotel, the houseman gets a whole extra $5 for every quote-unquote excessive mess they have to clean, and he has to fill out a form describing the filth to get it. Whenever I complain about a bad tip, I'll remember this incident. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, you can watch the five-episode Doorman web series and its sequel season Flyering at chrisrussellactor.com. Till next time, I'm Chris Russell.